This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. So we got the uh, Montreal Canadiens kicking off their series against the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. The Habs, the last remaining Canadian team in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Jim, you say that you wouldn't mind seeing Carey Price win a Stanley Cup. Mm Mm-hmm but you cannot bring yourself to cheer for the Montreal Canadiens. It would be nice to have a Canadian team win the Cup, but then that's the last two teams to win the Cup for Canada is Montreal twice. And just I just can't hear it from my buddy Max and a couple other guys that I just know are never going to give it up. So yeah. You live in this country, you might be thinking, I am going to cheer for the Habs. Why not? They are now Canada's team. But how do I do it? I don't, I'm not French-Canadian. I'm not from Montreal. I don't know how to cheer for Montreal properly. Well, we put a casting call out there, and we were able to track down a guy from Montreal Ooh. to give us a step-by-step instruction. This is how you cheer for the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, bonjour. I am Pierre, your favorite French-Canadian and the biggest fan of Les Canadiens de Montréal. That's uh, Montreal Canadiens for all you tight carries out there. <laughs> That means square head in French, by the way. It's an insult. Because your team's lost and aren't moving to the next stage of the playoffs, I thought I'd tell you how you can cheer for your least favorite team. Don't get mad at the CN Tower guy. That was my cousin Jean-Louis, by the way. Good work, mon ami. Support our lovely country of Quebec. I mean, Canada. Just cheer for the Montreal Canadiens the best way you can. Swear at the TV the way the Frenchman did to me. Use the words like Zutalov or Merde. And did you know that a seal in French is un fuck? Perfect to add to your playoff frustrations. Oh, Merde, Zutalov, they scored another sealing goal. You mother sealer, ah, seal. Save the sealing puck, you seal. Say bonjour to goals and goodbye to the Stanley Cup by cheering for the Canadian Montreal. <laughs> Are we going to get a CRTC complaint for that one? Was that arable? <laughs> That's how you say seal in French. Jim, it's relax. Just, it, all it is is French. Okay. Yeah. Huh. What's offensive about a seal? Nothing to me. I think, I think they're sealing great. <laughs> well, you don't have to keep saying it. Sure, but it's, it's just a lovely seal. Uh-huh. Hmm. You know what that sound means. It's time to talk Euro Cup 2021 with our correspondent, Martin Butler. Hey, Butler. Good morning, boys. How are we today? Pretty good. I got to be honest. As, as a guy who married into a Ukrainian family, my kids are half Ukrainian. I, I really had a glimmer of hope yesterday. Deflated. They were, they were, that was Probably the best game of the tournament so far. To come back from two nothing down to uh, to tie it up, and they really scared the Dutch yesterday. It was a fantastic game. Yeah, it was close. Uh, Dutch, they're they're pretty good. They got to be the best in the grouping that Ukraine's in, though, right? They are. The, they're, they're the favorites in that group. They're playing every group game at home in Amsterdam, so they're they're expected to win. So you know, at two two, I'm sure there's a few spillages of Heineken uh, across the globe. 
<laughs> no doubt. They, they, they've been like so close to winning this tournament. I don't know if they've ever won it, or they at least haven't won it recently. But oh, they, won it in, they won it in 88. They were, they were a fantastic team back then, but with Ruud Hollett and Michael Van Basten, they were probably, yeah, they were a fantastic team. What are their odds? We have a ton of Dutch listeners. What are their odds really going forward, though? I think, I think they're going to do well. I, I, I don't see any, anything, you know. Again, they missed out on the World Cup last time out, right? So they're, they're going to be like Italy. They're going to, they're going to want revenge. They're going to want to show the world that they can do it. So but they stand a good chance. I wouldn't write them off at all. And if Ukraine continues to play as well as they did yesterday, you think they got a shot at making it out of this opening round? They could be like you know again two goals against the Dutch you know that they could easily get out of that group you know there's that those four third place spots uh, up for grabs so yeah I don't see why not Italy looking good Belgium did well as well yeah, Jim's team Turkey got off to a flyer didn't they yeah Italians <laughs> look great that's you know what anytime I cheer for somebody this always seems to happen but that's uh, a kiss of death man. I mean, but it's also, yeah, Turkey versus Italy. I think it, the outcome was exactly what everybody expected. So, Oh, yeah. There's no surprise there. There's no surprise. And how about the scary moment when the one of the star players for Denmark went down, his heart stopped, had to be revived on the field? I've never seen anything like it. I sat and watched that live, and my wife was watching it, and she's crying, and I'm, I'm in tears. I've, I don't think I've ever seen anybody get CPR on, on a field like that. And once the curtain came around him, I'm thinking... The worst, right? You're thinking the worst. It was pretty uh, thankfully, the, you know, the medics, the, their life-saving actions, they saved him. He's a great footballer. I, I've never seen anything like it. What was the guy's name? Christian Eriksen. Yeah, he's a pretty big star, right? Like, he's a... He's a oh, yeah. He's, um, he's probably the best Danish player, some say, some say ever. Uh, he plays in, uh, in Italy for Inter Milan, and they just won the Italian League. But he's a, he's a great player. He used to play for Tottenham in the Premier League. Do they know what happened? Uh, has there been anything about what There's caused his heart to stop? I've seen, but it looks like his heart stopped. You can see him going down. He just basically falls over. Um, the, the camera's on him, and he pans to him, and he just kind of takes a knee and falls over, and the ball hits him from the throat. And again, I've never seen anything like it. It's crazy. What do you think of the critics who say that the game should have stopped and they shouldn't have continued? Well, according to the reports, he actually FaceTimed his team and asked them to carry on. So, you know... Whether or not that's true, I would, I would like to think it was. I don't know if I could have played on during that, but, you know, they take, you know, it takes a lot of kudos to them for actually playing that game again. The, the option was to play it the next day, but, you know, straight away, looking on Twitter and everybody saying, cancel the tournament, but, you know, they don't know. Like, if, if he'd have died on field, who, who knows what, what would have happened to the tournament. But, uh, you know, thankfully, you know, he's alive and the reports say he's stable now. Was Denmark favored to beat Finland? Oh yeah, it's Finland's first tournament ever, and they—I don't think they've ever beaten Denmark in 22 games. Plus, wow. it was in Copenhagen, so you know all the odds were against them. You know they won, but you know I'm sure you know for a moral victory, you know they probably didn't want to win it like that. Your team, England, had a big win. Uh, you got today. It's nine o'clock. We got Scotland, Czech Republic. How's that one shaping up? I know. How am I going to work out? I'm going to schedule all my meetings around these different games. It's, uh, you know, it's not the best. But um, I like Scotland today. Um, Scotland and then Poland taking on Slovakia in Russia. And then the Spanish, uh, they're at home in Seville against Sweden. So I think Scotland, Poland, Spain today. And I know we've been getting text messages from uh, our Portuguese listeners, Jim. They're pretty mm -hmm. excited about tomorrow as well. Can't wait. Lunchtime, perfect timing. Yeah, let's get some chicken, Portuguese chicken, some crusty <laughs> buns.
<laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. You're not stereotyping them at all, though, are you? No, they asked I, us. listen. They invited got, us to that party. We got invited to lunch <laughs> tomorrow. I'm not joking. Uh, what what is Portugal's chances? How are they looking in the tourney? They're in the, they're in the group of death. They're in there with France and Germany and uh, poor old Hungary who don't have a prayer. But uh, I can't see Portugal getting out of that, to be quite honest. And, you know, I'll face the backlash. Um, I don't know. That's a hell of a group. You're not invited for lunch, I'll tell you that, Butler. (laughs) (laughs) No chicken for you. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we will keep watching and we'll keep checking in. Martin Butler, our Euro Cup correspondent, thanks for coming on the air. Thanks, guys. Loving this story. I'm a little skeptical. I'm not sure if this actually happened. There's a man, 56-year-old man, um, who was scuba diving 45 feet down. He says everything went dark and a whale tried to eat him. He was in a whale's mouth, Jim, the old Pinocchio. Yeah, Jonah and the whale. You it goes back it. even further. Um, here he is in his own words. Michael Packard, 56-year-old lobster diver, says he was in a whale's mouth. And everything went black. And all I could feel was just muscle and skin all around me. Did I just get bit by a shark or no, it's not a shark. I'm in a whale's mouth. And then all of a sudden I saw light, white water everywhere. And all of a sudden I was thrown from his mouth. He was shaking his head, trying to eject me out of his mouth. What? That sounds crazy. I believe. You don't believe it? He says that the whale brought him to the surface and spit him out. Yeah. What else would it do? Well, it's not meant to eat humans, so it would definitely cough you out. Right? Uh, maybe. How far was he in there is my question. Hmm. I, I'm th- I, don't, I don't know, but isn't it all one container? The, do you go down like an esophagus? The argument is... One of the doctors says, okay, if he was that far down, 45 feet down, and the whale brought him up to the surface that fast, he should have had the bends, mm. which means your body it doesn't have time to deal with the change of pressure because it happened so rapidly. But the only thing he had was some light bruising. <laughs> well, the water pressure wouldn't be there if you're inside the whale's... <laughs> Mouth, right? Yeah. I don't know. Is, but he's, but, is the inside of a whale pressurized? I don't know. Like I, an airplane? I don't know. But, <laughs> I mean, he's got a dislocated knee and he's in the hospital. So how do you get the dislocated knee? Is he covering for something because his wife is <laughs> watching the news? Was he somewhere he shouldn't have been? Maybe but, something happened. Like a boat hit him or something. Or, or he could have even seen a whale. You know, and panicked and, and hurt himself. But was he well, I've in heard, the... No, I've heard you can hallucinate if you go down too quick. Maybe he was hallucinating. Hmm. Was he actually in the whale's mouth like he says he was? Or maybe his leg just was and he kind of blacked out? It would be freaky. Yeah, because you, you wouldn't expect... Cause he, like, I mean, you think you're being attacked by a shark, number one, super freaky. And you open your eyes and it's already black? What if the, um, the whale... Uh, had swallowed him completely. No one would know what happened to him. Like, he'd just be gone. Oh, he'd be missing forever. Yeah, Until it, it washed ashore and then there was a human skeleton inside that skeleton? Well, everyone knows what to do, how to react if you're in that situation. You just tickle the dangly thing in the back of its throat, <laughs> yeah. right? Whatever that's called, yeah. <laughs> get a feather out of the pocket. And get the feather out of the pocket and you go for the, the whale uvula. <laughs> 
Jim, you actually went on a little bachelor party retreat on the weekend. Yeah, I went to this place in Alliston called Nottawasaga Resort, and it's kind of like a hotel mixed with a golf course. It's a cool spot. I've never been there before. And you almost killed a man? (laughs) It's not a laughing matter, I guess, but I think I, according to him, I almost killed him. It was a kind of an odd moment, uh, Saturday afternoon. We're at this hole, and on the T-blocks, you're kind of looking down at the hole in front of you, and on the left, there's like a forest, ton of trees. So I just smashed the ball as hard as I could when you're, because when you're on an elevated T-block, you always hit it as hard as Feels you can. Feels good, yeah. Yeah. So it hit a tiny branch on the tree on the left, and then kept going that way, like careened off. And we thought it was just trees over there, and we were watching for it to kind of slice back onto the fairway, and it didn't. All we heard was, bonk! We thought, what did that what did that hit? Oh. So then the rest of the crew, I was the first one to hit, the rest of the crew drove their balls. So we go down on the fairway. We start seeing roofs of houses. Uh oh. Uh oh. And then we get to halfway down to the hole and an old guy comes out, probably seventy, late seventies, gives me the point and the come over here. And so I pull You're over. You're in there. trouble, Jim. Yeah. And I'm like, should I keep going? No, I can't. I'll pull over. He's like, that ball came this close to my head and gives me the finger, you know, four inches away from his head. And I'm like, man, I don't, I'm so sorry. You cannot see houses from up on, like from that vantage point. He goes, you can, it says on the sign. It's words on the sign. It says there's houses to the left. I go, it's my first time on this course. I'm not reading every sign that I come up to just in case there's a house over What if there. you're just bad? That you, you clearly weren't aiming at the guy's house. And he says... I chose to live on a golf course because I was going to say that, but he's like, I chose to live on a golf course, but the deal is you yell for, and I go, I yell for when I see people or houses. I didn't see people or houses. And, uh, and then another guy that I was with, the, the, the guy whose bachelor party was for came up and started getting even more aggressive. He says the exact same thing to him, but louder. You can't see it from up there. So you were picking on an old man. I wasn't picking on an old man. I, I was trying to deescalate the situation cause I didn't want to hurt the guy, but, uh, well, obviously like I'm I just really picturing happy Gilmore and Bob Barker fighting right now. <laughs> <laughs> like I would have, honestly, if if it did hit him, I, I never would have. That old man's ass. No, if it never record. would have, if if he never would have came out, like if it did hit him, I never would have known. We would have went on with our merry day, and like that guy could have been sitting on his porch concussed. It's Taz and Jim. Hey Taz, we golf in Nottawasaga every year. The first weekend in July, uh, in June, and one year one of our buddies sliced the ball and it hit one of the windows in the house, and the old guy was running down the fairway chasing a golf cart. And there's a sign up that says the golfers are responsible for any damage that they do. But we talked to a lawyer, and that's not the case. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you buy a house right off the fairway. You've got to anticipate this kind of thing. There's no use getting upset about it. It was your choice to live off a friggin' fairway. Did the guy catch you, or were you guys fast enough to get away? No, no, he, he uh, my, my buddy stopped and talked to him, and the guy was irate. He smashed my window. I'm calling the cops and everything. He said, well, go ahead and call the cops. You bought a house on a golf course. Whether the sign says I'm responsible or not, the golf course is responsible. Tell Jim he's not alone. And some sad news over the weekend. We found out that uh, one of the greatest character actors of all time, Ned Beatty, has passed away. He's he's one of the original those guys, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, I know that guy. Oh, that guy from that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now he's in this movie.
In fact, I didn't know his actual name until this morning when I saw the news. Not to be rude to the the late Ned Beatty, but he was a that guy to me up until this morning. And you saw oh, Ned Beatty. Was like, oh, that guy. Google image search. Yes, <laughs> I remember him. He made a big splash <laughs> in one of his earliest roles. Can you imagine? This is your big break. You're going to be in an action movie with John Voight, Burt Reynolds. Cool. It's called Deliverance. And what part do I play? Well, before we get into too many details, could you please squeal like a pig for me? (laughs) Man, that's one of the... uh, I watched that movie, and I didn't know what it was about. I rented it. I can remember when I was about 15 or 16. And when it got to that scene, I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. I, I haven't... Disturbing. I've never seen the movie, but I've had enough people describe it to me that I know exactly what you're talking about, and I have avoided the movie <laughs> this whole time. Is it <laughs> worth watching despite how disturbing it is? It's a good movie. That scene is definitely something that stuck with uh, the pop culture lexicon. Yeah, big time. <laughs> Later in his career, Ned Beatty was the voice of a character in the movie Toy Story 3, Lotso Bear. When the kids get old, new ones come in. When they get old, new ones replace them. You'll never be outgrown or neglected, never abandoned or forgotten. No owners means no heartbreak. A little bit nicer. Uh, Well, until you see the end of the movie. Yeah, he was the bad guy (laughs) the whole time. Uh, Ned Beatty was in um, the Superman movies. He was mm-hmm. Lex Luthor's sidekick in, in the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve. Uh, he was Rudy's dad in Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Rudy. Uh, played the warden in Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. Huge body of work. One of the great character actors. The that guy of that guys. <laughs> Ned Beatty has passed away at age 83. Rest in peace, Ned. And now, the winner is... Devin Peacock. I want to see you peacock, cock, cock, your peacock, cock, It's sports time. Peacock, Joining us, Devin Peacock from peacock, Global News Radio. Hey, Dev. Hey, guys. You love your Blue Jays, and you must be feeling pretty good right now. If you are a Blue Jays fan, you have to be over the moon about what Vladimir Guerrero is doing right now. It's only June and it's exceptionally hard to do. So I'm not predicting he's going to do this. I'm not saying he has to do this. But right now, if the season were end today, and thankfully it is not because it's going along pretty nicely for the Blue Jays, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would be the triple crown winner. So that's average, home run, and RBIs. You lead the league with 21 home runs, 55 RBIs, a 344 batting average, is on base is 450. Every number you want to look at for him is just out of sight. Exceeding expectations, then. Well, this was sort of what was expected for him when he first came up, and his time in the majors got was off to a bumpy start. You know, he came up as the top prospect in baseball and struggled a little bit. Although, when you look at his numbers, he didn't struggle tremendously. Just when you had sky-high expectations, and the name Vlad Guerrero, people expect Hall of Fame stats for you, and that's what we're getting right now. 
One of the stats I like about him the most, which is something that's uh, very nerdy and uh, the stats nerds love, is there's this one stat called Weighted Runs Created Plus. And basically what this is, it takes all your stats and it accounts for the ballparks you're playing in. So it doesn't matter whether you're home or away. It also accounts for the era that you're playing in. When you look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he has a Weighted Runs Created Plus of over 200 the only other person to do that in history over a full season, and it was multiple seasons, is Barry Bonds back in the early 2000s. And at the time, he was on steroids. Wow. I'm really excited for him, even though I st- <laughs> you did a great job explaining it. I don't know what you're talking I about, I just Jeff. went cross-eyed. <laughs> Sounds He's cool, He's playing though. really well is what I'm trying to say. He's at a historic level. I can't understand this stat, though. What was the final score? Jays over Red Sox yesterday afternoon. 18-4. to They hit eight home runs, the most home runs ever hit by a visiting team in Fenway Park. Take that, Boston. Nice to see a Toronto team destroying a Boston team. <laughs> Man, you got to find your niche and, and, and your audience, and you can do very well if you just find a little pocket of society that needs to be serviced, right? Yeah. Like Sydney Joe, a woman from Ann Arbor, Michigan. She may be listening. Our signal reaches Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Sydney Joe is 27 years old. She makes videos on TikTok. People pay $2 a minute to watch her videos. And what she does is she gets stuck in stuff and then uh, tries to get out of the situation. So <laughs> this is, I didn't realize this is a thing, but it's a fetish thing. Oh, of course. They're called stuck videos. <laughs> People get stuck. Like, uh, for example, there's a couple metal poles in a fence and she'll stick her leg through and she's stuck in the fence and then she has to use oil to get unstuck. What the? Hey, everyone's got their thing. People are paying to watch this stuff happen, but she um, tried getting stuck in a folding chair last week and she couldn't get unstuck. (laughs) So she had to call the uh, the fire department, and this is how the whole thing played out. Here is Sydney Joe. For the last 30 minutes, I have been trying to get unstuck out of this metal chair. And you're probably just like, suck in as hard as you... I literally can't. It's on my tailbone and my pelvic bone. I don't know how I got in. I'm filming this for a video, obviously. Hello. Hello. Oh, you didn't get it stuck in here, did Jaws of life. No. Oh, my God. All right. Go ahead and step on you, okay? Yeah, she's unstuck. Is it getting hot in here, or is that just me? Sydney Joe says it's by far the best video she's ever done. (laughs) Well, of course. It took 30 minutes. That's two bucks a minute. She was totally stuck. Yeah. You can't fake it. We want to know that you actually cannot get out. can't turn me on if, if I think you can get get out without the jaws of life. You yeah. need to be stuck for real. I want a 911 call to make my two bucks worth it. <laughs> yeah, you can just imagine the, the firefighters in Ann Arbor. Oh, uh, Sydney Joe's stuck in a drain pipe. <laughs> Here we go again. Oh, uh, what's Sydney Joe stuck in today? Oh, dear. Gotta go save her. I had no idea. Yeah, I've heard of like tickling. I've heard of the furry thing. Mm-hmm. 
I thought I've heard of all of them. It's stuck fetish. Hmm. Note to self, don't go down a tube slide anywhere near some creeps. I don't know. I don't know where these guys would hang around, you know, to try to find people naturally stuck in real life. Yeah. To find this fetish, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, how would you even discover you have this fetish? Getting unstuck is a big part of it, though. You gotta, <laughs> apparently getting <laughs> stuck is, the, is phase one, and then I guess the release of the whole okay. thing is that's seeing the, someone get unstuck. That's the climax. So, so you get in the chimney, but right. until somebody pokes you out with how a broom. How do you get out? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Sydney says that she wants to thank all of her viewers. They were very concerned. They didn't actually like seeing her in trouble, but boy, when she got unstuck. <laughs> uh, we were talking last week about Jeff Bezos, the billionaire head of Amazon. He is going into space with his brother, Mark. <laughs> He's got this company, because this is what you do when you become a billionaire. You start making rocket ships, right, Jim? <laughs> you do the craziest, most eccentric things possible. <laughs> That's going to another stellar body. He's uh, he's going up there with Mark, and they were auctioning off one more seat on the rocket. And I said, what a great networking opportunity. You know, if you're looking to make it in business. <laughs> Strapped in a rocket ship with the richest man in the world? Yeah, get some FaceTime there and <laughs> share an experience. You'll be bonded forever. Um, the auction has closed for the other seat on the rocket. $28 million U.S., so that's closer to 34 million dollars canadian to get on that thing mm-hmm. do we know who, who did the bid <laughs> no oh. we don't know somebody with money unless it's uh, like a jerk who just ran up <laughs> a credit card stolen credit card <laughs> imagine that got you good jeff bezos it might be elon musk Sneaking on board to get all their secrets. That would be funny wearing a mustache, wearing that <laughs> the Wario mustache that he wore on Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago. Yeah. My name is Milan Usk. <laughs> the flight's only 11 minutes. It's like over $2 million per minute. In total? Yeah. Really? Huh. Someone's got some cash. Wow. Cash to burn, yeah. Uh, speaking of Jeff Bezos, there's also a petition that is circulating right now. It's on change.org. And some people, group of people want Jeff Bezos to buy the Mona Lisa. Why? Get it out of the Louvre. They want him to buy the Mona Lisa and eat it. <laughs> Why? The reason is nobody has eaten the Mona Lisa. True. And we feel Jeff Bezos needs to take a stand and make this happen. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I wonder if he's agreed. How many yeah. signatures do we need to get him to eat that thing? I mean, if you eat it, film it, then sell the video as an NFT, I think you make your money back, and we still kind of have a Mona Lisa piece of artwork. And this is the way art works. I'm sure if you ate the Mona Lisa, you could you could sell what comes out the back end for twice what you sure. paid for it. That's performance art. There, absolutely. <laughs> it hasn't been a great week to be a Boston sports fan, Jim. You had the Bruins eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm -hmm. You had the Red Sox. They got beat bad by the Blue Jays yesterday, 18-4. to Huge. <laughs> and turning our attention to the Westminster Dog Show. Uh-oh. A Boston Terrier named Ripple was doing fantastic on the obstacle course on the weekend. But then its handler 
wiped out, tripped, almost fell on top of the dog. Here's the call. Get to the outside. Push, push, push. Get over there. Get over there. Oh, my goodness. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Just get to the backside. You're fine. Oh. oh. That was too bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. How mad is that dog? Right? I'm you doing what it. I'm supposed to do, and you can't even stay on your two feet. It is funny watching these dog shows because, you know, sometimes the trainers are in great shape. Sometimes they're not, and they're trying to run around the track just like the dog is. And sometimes they're seniors. Like, sometimes they're getting up there in age. So uh-huh. I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often. Yeah, the, the handler fell, which I guess is okay if you know anything about Westminster Dog Show rules and regulations. You can fall down as long as you get back up. But as the handler was getting back up, the dog jumped in the wrong direction over an obstacle and mm. was instantly disqualified. If she just needed that little bit more guidance, then the dog would have been fine. Poor Ripple, the Boston Terrier. DQ. Um, the winner, congratulations, by the way, to Wasabi the Pekingese. Best in show. It's just a little furball, man. Wasabi, that's a fun name. <laughs> a furball with a little tiny face. You need to get Murphy, your your red lab in there, Jim. We are thinking about putting her in a, agility courses. Okay. Which is like kind of like obedience training, but more like that kind of stuff, up and down things, I think. You could be a pageant dad. I would love to. Best in show, Dad? Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been wearing sweater vests. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe Keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.